You're listening to Renegade Talk Radio. The original copies of the Old Testament were written in Hebrew and Aramaic, the Apocrypha in Greek and Latin, and the New Testament in Greek. Different aspects of these three sources were translated into English and compiled into the King James Bible, commissioned in 1604 by King James VI and published in 1611. According to Manley P. Hall, it was edited by Francis Bacon and prepared under Masonic supervision, which can be seen on its title page. The most talked about book of the Bible is the Book of Revelation, And throughout church history, there have been four different viewpoints regarding its meaning. The idealist or spiritual view uses the allegorical method to interpret the book of Revelation. This viewpoint believes the book is using symbolic imagery to tell the story of good against evil. Edgar Cayce believed it was describing both the collapse of an age and the spiritual enlightenment of an individual. The futurist view is that the Bible is to be interpreted literally. They are expecting a seven-year tribulation culminating with the battle of Armageddon, followed by a thousand-year rule of Christ on earth. The historicist view is that Revelation is a symbolic account of history, from the apostles to the end times. And the preterist view, the focus of this video, is that the biblical prophecies were already fulfilled in 70 AD, and we are living in the new kingdom today. Their first argument is scripture itself. Christ predicted his return in the lifetime of his contemporaries. Liberal critics have used this as proof of Christ's failure to return when he promised to. The preterist points to Matthew 24:34, where Jesus states, Truly I say to you, this generation will not pass away until all these things take place. And they look to the historical record, where they have found several sources who recorded dozens of events between the years 66 and 70 AD that reflect those described in biblical prophecy, such as the angels in Matthew 24, 31. Josephus wrote that in the spring of 66, chariots and troops of soldiers in their armor were seen running about among the clouds. An event described by Roman historian Tacitus as hosts joining battle in the skies. According to the Preterist, the book of Revelation was about the tribulations of the Jews and the destruction of Jerusalem, the end of the Old Testament Jewish age and the beginning of the New Testament Christian age. As Edward Stevens wrote, The unbelieving Jews were cut off from their inheritance and destroyed, while the faithful remnant of believing Jews, along with Gentiles, inherited those covenantal blessings. Thus, the establishment of the eternal kingdom of Christ at the destruction of Jerusalem in AD 70 was the fulfillment of all the things that were promised to God's chosen people. The preterist believes that we are now living in the new kingdom of Christ, and point out that when Jesus and the apostles were describing the coming kingdom, they were not describing a paradise. They were describing how man must act and behave within the new kingdom. They believe that the land of Israel is no longer in the flesh, that those promises are fulfilled in Jesus and his spiritual kingdom, which all Christians now enjoy. Like the QAnon PSYOP, preterists argue that the end times prophecy 
is being used to incapacitate a would-be Christian opposition to the evil control system currently being built to enslave humanity. There are millions of religious people who welcome this destruction because they believe it is the divine will of God. Why did they choose to give a Mark of the Beast-style microchip the patent number 060606? Was it fate? Or a way to cement the futurist belief into the minds of Christians so that they believe destruction is unstoppable and resistance futile? There are many different belief systems, but where is the good in sitting idly by to watch as evil devours the world around us? Reporting for InfoWars, this is Greg Reese. You're watching The American Journal with your host, Chase Geyser. Watch live right now at band.video. Welcome to the American Journal. I am Chase Geyser. I will be your host today for the remainder of the week. Harrison Smith, of course, is now hosting War Room in the Afternoons while we await Owen's return from his federally sponsored vacation. And the great Alex Jones will be with you today at 11 a.m. Central Time for the classic Alex Jones show. Breaking news here that the judge has reinstated the gag order against Trump. A federal judge has reinstated a gag order against Donald Trump, lifting a temporary hold she placed on it earlier this month and rejecting his claim that it unconstitutionally limits his free speech. U.S. District Court Judge Tanya Chutkin. She had paused the gag order on October 20th and reinstated it late last night. Tucker noted that one of Trump's recent statements, an attack on his former chief of staff, Mark Meadows, would almost certainly have violated the order had it been in effect. And we have seen now that upon further review, the gag order has been reinstated because what does the left want more than to silence the greatest, most successful, most supported candidate for the president of the United States? We hear constantly that the left loves democracy so much. They love democracy so much, everything the right does is a threat to our democracy, but when it comes to a right-wing candidate, they totally disregard the fact that that candidate has the majority of the support in this country, and that candidate has the right to the freedom of speech, and that candidate has the right to be on the ballot. So they love democracy so much, as long as they don't have a political opponent speaking his mind, actually trying to be on the ballot, and as long as that political opponent doesn't have a majority of support in the United States of America. So we can just see the hypocrisy here. The left only uses these moral latitudes like democracy when it's convenient to their narrative, to their political gains, and totally disregards such things whenever they are disadvantageous. It is an inconvenient truth for them that Trump is way ahead in the polls. It is an inconvenient truth for them that freedom of speech is actually good for democracy. It is an inconvenient truth for them that Donald Trump should be on the ballot. And so they totally disregard all of their principles in favor of censorship because they believe that they should defeat him by any means necessary, even if it is the compromise of all values and principles and morals, which is exactly why we have to do everything we can as Americans, whether we vote for Trump or not, to fight the left. 
Trump recently stated that Biden is more destructive than the 10 worst presidents in history combined. I think he's probably right about that. Appearing in Iowa this past weekend, President Trump declared that crooked Joe Biden and his administration have inflicted more damage on the U.S. than the 10 worst presidents in history combined. Quote, if he took the 10 worst presidents in the history of the United States and added them up, they would not have done near the destruction to our country as crooked Joe Biden and the Biden administration has done, Trump told the crowd. Trump again asserted that the radical left Democrats rigged the presidential election in 2020, promising that, quote, we're not going to allow them to rig the election in 2024. If we don't stop the cheating, you're not going to have a country. And frankly, I think that is absolutely true. That is absolutely the case that we don't have a country without elections. And elections aren't exclusively a democratic thing, folks. People think of elections as this part of this democratic process. But we vote for our representatives. We vote for our presidents in this country. And that is the basis of a constitutional republic. And if the elections are not legitimate, it is not an attack on democracy. It is not a threat to our democracy. It's a threat to our constitutional republic, a form of government which all of our sitting politicians have sworn to protect and repeatedly fail to do so without any sort of accountability. Meanwhile, we see things like our economy totally plummeting under this Biden administration. This is probably part of what Donald Trump was talking about when he mentioned that Don that President Biden is one of the worst presidents in history, perhaps worse than the 10 worst presidents combined. Inside America's most overhauled housing excuse me, overvalued housing market, Idaho underwent a property boom during the pandemic, but experts say Homes are selling 40% higher than their true worth, leaving owners at risk of negative equity. Wow, does this sound familiar? Does this sound like anything that may have happened in 2006 to 2008 when the housing market totally tanked? And does it sound like anything that was predicted before by the likes of Michael Burry and has been predicted again by many, including the likes of Peter Schiff, yet for some reason, nothing seems to be being done about it because this administration is totally incompetent. Reports this week found that homes were the most overvalued in the U.S., Idaho homes, that is. The gem state is a pandemic boomtown after attracting influx of home buyers because everybody wanted to escape these lockdowns in the likes of California and other leftist states and cities. So they would go to places in the Midwest where the housing market was very affordable artificially inflate the prices because of the temporary flash in demand in the market. And then now these houses are still selling for the same prices, but the demand isn't the same because everybody's sort of relocated already. As mortgage rates rise, residents are at risk of falling into negative equity. We know that the average mortgage rate in the United States now is over 8%, which is absolutely insane. We haven't seen interest rates like that, I think, since the 70s or the 80s. The Carter administration kicked it off. And, of course, into the Reagan administration, there were trying times before he was able to sort of steer the ship back in the right direction. And so with mortgage rates at 8% in houses valued 40% above their true value, we do have a situation in which Americans are going into hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt on a piece of property or a piece of equity that is actually not worth what they're paying for. And then, of course, if you actually do the math, even for an interest rate of 3% or 4%, if you do the math – on how much you pay in interest over the life, over the 30-year life of a standard 30-year mortgage, you actually end up paying double the value of the value of the home when you purchased it in 
interest. If you buy a $200,000 house at whatever percentage over 30 years, the interest is like close to $200,000. I can't remember the exact numbers, but I think Dave Ramsey actually, of all people, has gone into this fairly in depth. And the point, the fact of the matter is, when you buy a house, you're spending most of your money actually servicing the debt, not paying for the house itself per se in many cases. And so we have a situation where you're paying interest on these loans as a homeowner and the house just isn't even worth the value that you bought it for. So you're going to wind up owing more on the house than the house is worth. And that's what causes things like domino effects that lead to entire economies collapsing. So Joe Biden can brag all he wants about unemployment rates reaching record loads, even, even though the creation of new jobs that he claims is at a record pace is really just old jobs coming back after the pandemic and lockdowns that occurred under the Trump administration. But you can have things like low unemployment all day long, but when everybody becomes upside down on their house and when we go to World War III and when we cut off trade with China, you're going to have such impact on the market, whether it's the housing market, whether it's imports and exports between trade or in, in trade with China. You're going to see a total disruption, and if China is successfully able to replace the U.S. dollar at OPEC and replace the way that we trade oil internationally with the yen, then we are faced with a collapse similar, if not worse, than what we saw in 1929 in the United States, similar, if not worse, than what we saw in 1929 in the Weimar Republic, which no longer exists and was replaced by a government we're all quite familiar with. One I don't think any of us, myself or any listeners, would endorse. There will be a radical resurgence in this country when this collapse happens, and it is coming, folks. That's why you have to go to InfoWarsStore.com, get things like Life Select, make sure that you prepare your family for anything, because anything is possible in a world where our politicians see competence as impossible. And the thing about this Life Select product is that even if a collapse doesn't happen, even if the apocalypse doesn't come, even if we're always able to get food, there's nowhere else that you can get 30 days worth of food as inexpensive as InfoWarsStore.com Life Select. It's got a 25-year shelf life, folks, and it's not bad. I've had the macaroni several times. If I run out of groceries, sometimes I'll pop open one of the buckets and have something. It's an awesome, awesome way to feed yourself or your family on a budget, but it's also a great way to prepare for the worst. Get the peace of mind. Get life select at InfoWarsStore.com today and stick with us, folks. We'll be back right after this break. Finally, Vitamin Mineral Fusion is back in stock and now available for 25% off at InfoWarsStore.com. This specially formulated drink mix gives your body the essential vitamins, minerals, amino acids, and other beneficial compounds that support optimum health. Vitamin Mineral Fusion goes above and beyond the standard of vitamins and trace minerals. Our exclusive formula is loaded with 34 key ingredients, including vitamin C, E, D, B12, calcium, magnesium, zinc, selenium, L-glutamine, CoQ10, alpha-lipoic acid, folic acid riboflavin, and much more. Aside from bolstering your bodily functions, this drink mix is naturally delicious. And unlike capsules and vitamin pills, it's truly a pleasure to the taste buds. So if you haven't already, mix it up and take your health to the next level with Vitamin Mineral Fusion today. Now 25% off at InfoWarsStore.com.
Sleepless nights seem to be a lot more common these days with everything that's going on both at home and the world at large. If you are having trouble getting to that deep sleep we could all use more of, our new sleep support formula, Down and Out, is just the thing. It's our new faster absorbing liquid formula that is specifically designed to help you get the shut eye you deserve. Formulated to improve upon our best-selling product, Knockout, with Down and Out, now the herbs and melatonin packed inside are extracted directly into the glycerin solution. So the ingredients are already dissolved into the formula before you even take it. One of the other sleep support herbs included is the passion flower, which was traditionally used by Native Americans like the Cherokees, who used it for its relaxing qualities. Be sure to take this product when you are completely ready for sleep, because you will be down and out. Selling out now at InfoWarsStore.com. You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. Welcome back to The American Journal, folks. I am Chase Geyser. I will be your host today. So much going on as World War III looms. Muslim mob has stormed an airport in Russia's Dagestan. In search of Jewish refugees, according to reports, an airport in the Russian Republic of Dagestan was stormed on Sunday by an angry mob waving Palestinian flags in search of Jewish refugees amid rumors of a plane arriving from Israel. Hordes of young men shouting Allahu Akbar and waving Palestinian flags rampaged through the airport in Makchakala, the capital city of the heavily Muslim Dagestan. The Islamic locals reportedly sought to hunt down Jews arriving in the Russian-controlled republic after rumors emerged online of refugees from the Israeli city of Tel Aviv landing at the airport, Russian state media RT reported. According to the Times of Israel, a flight from Israel was diverted due to the riots and landed at a different airport but still faced some riots there as well. Footage on social media and reports on uh, by the Russian media outlet Lenta Reportedly showed the mob even breaking onto the runway where they went plane by plane, checking passports and asking if passengers were Jewish. So, if there are mobs raiding people in Russia, we see that this is clearly an international conflict. We see that th- we see that this extends beyond Gaza and Israel. And that this isn't just some typical political conflict, some typical political war. This is a holy war in which the Israelis appear to be, at least their government appears, to be using religion as a justification for the genocide of an entire people, an entire population, while the radical Islamic nations are using this conflict as a re- with religious backing as a justification to just wipe out every single Jewish person. And obviously, if it was just about the land in Israel, then why would there be a conflict in a random airport in a Russian-controlled territory? Why is it that there would be hundreds of thousands of people in the streets of New York City or in London protesting or harassing people if this was really just about disputed holy land in Israel, obviously this religious conflict, this religious holy war is more deep-seated than just a political conflict or a dispute over property lines. Obviously, this goes much deeper, and that's how the entire world is able to get roped in. 
So it's only a matter of time as far as I'm concerned before we are roped in in an even more direct way, in a a more explicit way, in in a more open way with boots on the ground. Jordan asks U.S. for Patriot air defenses to protect its borders amid Gaza war. Nobody wants anybody from Palestine to come into the territory, apparently. Military spokesman says the kingdom has also requested anti-drone systems. Jordan has requested Patriot defenses from the U.S. to counter a new ballistic missile threat. A military spokesman said late on Sunday, as the authorities fear a spread of the Israel-Gaza war, quote, we have asked the American side to bolster the Jordanian air defense system with Patriot missiles, Army spokesman Mustafa al-Hirari told official television. Among the new threats is ballistic missiles. The kingdom, a U.S. ally for almost 100 years since its inception, signed a defense agreement with Washington in 2021. Several thousand U.S. military personnel are also stationed in the kingdom. Since the Gaza-Israel war started on October 7th, King Abdullah and other Jordanian officials have repeatedly warned that the war could spread to other countries. Obviously, it already has. I believe even some airports in Jordan have been struck with missiles from Israel. Commanders in Iran's Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps have also hinted at the possibility of a regional war, saying they may directly attack Israel if the conflict continues. This would be in addition to sporadic attacks by Iranian proxies on Israeli targets from Lebanon and from areas in Syria close to the border with Jordan. So we see that the conflict is expanding in the region. I believe that the airports that were had been attacked were in Lebanon and Syria. I don't necessarily believe that they happen, that that's happened in Jordan yet. But we know that the Jordanians have not been inclined to take in an influx of refugees I'm not sure what percentage of the population in Jordan is refugees, but I think it's upwards of 30%. So I don't think that they want to take any more refugees from Gaza. Basically, nobody wants the people in the region. And so they're forced, if they want to expand out anywhere, to simply attack Israel because they've been crammed together in the Gaza Strip. Now, it doesn't justify or explain the violence that they committed against Israeli civilians, that was absolutely terroristic and atrocious. And I do believe that over 50% of the population does have terrorist sympathies, if not explicit terrorist activity. But that doesn't mean that there aren't innocent people there who should be spared and given all of the rights and respect that any innocent human deserves. We know that war is a racket, and we've identified 25 defense companies who make an extensive amount of money off of war. Steve Watson brilliantly writes this morning, retired U.S. Marine Corps Major General Smedley Butler said it first and said it best, war is a racket, it always has been. And we can go on to see in this chart, these teal companies on these pages are U.S. companies, and you can just see how much money is to be made off of this war or off of war in general, with revenue from defense over $633 billion for Lockheed Martin. We've got Northrop Grumman, RTX, Boeing, and others. And they're actually listed at the end of this article here. I was looking through. It's just so fascinating. 96% of Lockheed Martin's revenue is defense-related. RTX, which was formerly Raytheon, 59%. Northrop Grumman, 89%. Boeing, 46%. General Dynamics, 77%. And we see the list go on. 
And the amounts are delineated in the hundreds of billions of dollars. That's why we're always at war, folks. It has nothing to do with national defense anymore so much as it does to do with lining the pocketbooks of the political class. And so we really have to find a way to push back against this. If we don't change our laws around insider trading and investing in defense-related companies, if we don't prohibit members of Congress from investing in defense contractors, then we are always creating an incentive for war. And when we create incentives for war, we catalyze corruption because where there is an incentive, there will be an action in response to it. I don't care who you are. I don't, I don't care how moral you think you are. I don't care how good you think you are. If you get elected to office in time, the power will corrupt you, and you will sell out the interests of the American people for your own interests, and you'll rationalize it in your own head to make yourself feel okay about it, to clean your conscience so that you can sleep at night. But you, like all other human beings, can be corrupted and will be corrupted by this system which is designed either intentionally or accidentally in such a way that makes corruption inevitable. We have to find a way to change these laws around insider trading. We have to prohibit our politicians from being able to invest in these military industrial complex contractors. We have to prevent them from using rat holes by having their family members invest for them and then send the returns back. There's got to be a way to solve this problem. And I don't really hear anybody within our political class suggesting anything. I'm sure that maybe Vivek has said something or maybe another candidate has said something here or there, but you don't really see anybody running on a platform of changing the laws to take away the incentive to be corrupt in Washington, D.C. Stay with us, folks. We'll be back right after this break. Make sure you visit InfoWarsStore.com. Naturally sourced from the finest hemp plants in America, Rebel Zen offers the absolute finest quality CBD available and at the lowest prices. Extracted using a cold-pressed technique to retain the molecular integrity of the cannabinoids and terpenes within the plant, this full-spectrum formula ensures that your nervous system gets the full benefits of CBD. Premium quality organic CBD, like Rebel Zen, has been shown to naturally reduce anxiety, relieve pain, and decrease inflammation. People have reported a reduction in symptoms of insomnia, arthritis, seizures, chronic pain, and epilepsy. Several studies have shown it helps to reduce cortisol, increase serotonin, and boost vitality. Order yours today at InfoWarsStore.com. InfoWars.com is tomorrow's news today. Watching the American Journal with your host, Chase Geyser. Watch live right now at band.video. Welcome back to the American Journal, folks. I am Chase Geyser. Pleased to be hosting you today, the greatest audience in the world, the InfoWars audience. Make sure you visit InfoWars.com forward slash show and share the link today. You're listening on the radio, share the link. If you're watching a band, share the link. Pro-Hamas protesters beat black Hebrew Israelites with Palestinian flags in Chicago. Chicago, I can testify, is the worst place on earth. Virtually nothing good comes from Chicago. Having grown up in Bloomington, Illinois, I am familiar with the swamp of the onion 
which is what Chicagua means in some Native American language. It smells rotten. It is rotten. It's a windy city, not because there's actually a wind, because everyone there is a blowhard, and all the politicians talk the talk but can't walk the walk. They are airbags. And so the people there have become rotten as well. Let's run clip 13 and show a little bit of this. Oh, you need a second? Okay. The Israel-Hamas war has come to America. Black Hebrew Israelites and pro-Hamas Palestinians duked it out in the streets of Chicago this weekend. Video captured by Yeshiva World News showed pro-Hamas protesters using their Palestinian flagpoles as weapons as both sides fought in the roadway Sunday. Wooden pole snapped in the process. Both sides lobbed bottles and sticks at each other while Chicago police struggled to keep them apart. That was the story on Saturday as well when police failed to do so, resulting in tense times along Michigan Avenue. Let's go ahead and run clip 13. happened when we were allowed to challenge people to duels in this country i think that we should bring back the duel we should allow people to challenge each other to a duel to the death with revolvers and then we wouldn't have to worry about these protests happening like this in the streets because people would say look if you got a problem with me if you got a problem with my faith i challenge you to a duel to the death on saturday at noon and all the problems would be solved Of course, another more humane way to solve the problem would be if our politicians weren't consistently selling out our interests as Americans to foreign refugees or foreign nations. Refugees, I say in quotes, because that's just used as an excuse for bad people to come into our country. Rand Paul says that Dems and GOP both want to send $100 billion to everyone in foreign countries. And it seems they want to bring the foreign countries here. If you look at videos like that from Chicago one of the farthest cities from any border in the nation, yet loaded with people who hate America, who aren't from America, and who would seek to compromise America. Senator Rand Paul has warned that the very existence of the U.S. is under threat from Democrats and Republicans wanting to send $100 billion to everyone in other countries. In a Fox News interview, Paul warned that they'll bankrupt our country in sending money everywhere all over the planet, adding it is probably the greatest threat to our national security. Paul further urged that the greatest threat to it is the national debt. We borrowed a trillion dollars in the last three months. It is out of control spending, and we are threatening the very existence of our currency and perhaps our country by this crazy profligate spending. The senator continues, the big government Republicans in the Senate have already joined hands with the Democrats over here. They want $100 billion to everyone. People forget we have to borrow the money or print the money because we don't have the money, Paul added. 
noting that while funding for Israel will continue, the new Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson, has unilaterally put the kibosh on the big government sort of wastebasket approach of dumping in another $60 billion for Ukraine. I think actually it's going to stop, Paul said. Also, we urgently need your financial support. So make sure you visit InfoWarsStore.com because while the government is spending hundreds of billions of dollars on foreign entities, we are constantly being sued and assaulted and threatened here because of our freedom of speech. And it's like I've said on air over the past week. It's like I said last night on the Sunday Night Live show. We see that the war in Ukraine is winding down as it support for it just totally was decimated. There is virtually no support for the war in Ukraine anymore in the United States. And it became more and more obvious that there was no hope for Ukraine against the onslaught of the Russian invasion. Russia has basically totally won that war. And we'll really know that it's won when Zelensky's no longer in power. He's either going to be killed or he's going to be unseated. And when that happens, that, that's when we know that the war is officially over. And I would be surprised if we didn't see the unseating of Zelensky in the next 90 days. I would be very surprised if we even made it through the holiday before he's unseated. I hope that he's not murdered because I don't believe anybody should be killed. I think they should be tried for their crimes, of course, and held accountable that way. But I don't think he's going to be the leader of Ukraine much longer. And since the military-industrial complex needed a conflict like that in order to make the billions upon billions of dollars it wanted to make, they conveniently found an alternative conflict that would prove itself to have a more sustained level of support from the American people, one that leans on our, quote, Judeo-Christian values and inspires an emotional response rather than a rational response in the American people. We, of course, feeling terrible for what happened to the Jewish people in the Holocaust, are inclined emotionally out of good faith, out of the kindness of our hearts to want to support the Israel government or the Israelis or the Jewish people whenever there's any sort of a conflict against them because we have very recently seen perhaps one of the greatest injustices of all time committed by one group on another group in the Holocaust. And so when anything happens to Israel, our government, our deep state, our intelligence company knows that the Americans will immediately have an emotional response in favor of supporting Israel, regardless of how rational or irrational that support is in that given context or in that given moment. We saw that over 1,500 Israelis were killed in the attacks on October 7th and that they were civilians for the most part. We saw this great injustice that happened to them. It should never have happened, and a response was warranted. Israel did have a right to defend itself, but now we're seeing the entire leveling of the entire Gaza Strip. We're seeing this war expand into the likes of Lebanon and Syria, where they're getting bombed at their airports. We see that we're sending troops over to Israel, that we have aircraft carriers in the region, that Russia has missile defenses in the region And now China is moving around its Pacific fleet to support the region. This is an international conflict, and it's all because our emotional response to anything that happens to Israel has trumped our rational response, and we're just not thinking clearly that maybe the reasonable response to the terrorist attack that happened on Israel was to do targeted drone strikes against leaders of Hamas and cut off the head of the snake rather than just bombing civilians extensively in the entire region, thus creating a generation of enemies of Israel to come. Anyone who survives in that region is going to hate Israel and America more than any other generation before, and the generations before have had no love for either. 
So if World War III isn't happening now, we are definitely creating the combatants that will wage it in the generation to come. Make sure you visit InfoWarsStore.com right now. They're up to 60% off our top-selling products exclusively at InfoWars Store. We are excited to announce that some of our top-selling products are going on sale for a massive discount of up to 60% off, including BrainForce Ultra at 60 off, Immune Support at 50 off, Organic Greens Fiber at 50% off, Vitamin D3 Gummies at 40% off. We're coming up on winter season here. These Vitamin D3 Gummies are going to be really important along with Immune Support to help you keep from getting a cold deep down and out. Sleep support, 40% off. Whole food multivitamin, 40% off. And super female vitality is 40% off. Visit InfoWarsStore.com and get these best-selling items for up to 60% off before we run out of stock to avoid missing out on the massive savings. Stay with us. We'll be right back after this break. Where were you when humanity was fighting for its life? Where were you when the globalists were caught trafficking millions of children for sex slavery worldwide? Where were you when the New World Order was starting World War III with Russia? Well, I know where you are. You're watching and listening to InfoWars.com right now, and I salute you and thank you. And I want to encourage all of you who've been in this fight so long to realize we've reached the critical juncture in the battle now. And a key tool in that fight is the Great Awakening, defeating the globalists, and launching the next great renaissance. This is my second book, part two of The Great Reset and the War for the World. It's a longer book, a quite frankly more powerful book. And just like the last book went to number one, it is up to you to send to number one right now. This is a cultural fight against the globalists, and it funds the info war. Get signed or unsigned copies of The Great Awakening right now at InfoWarsStore.com. I want to thank you all for your support. This is a book everybody needs. Get your copy of The Great Awakening right now. The eugenicists over 100 years ago were very public about their plans. They financed major universities. They ran full-page stories and advertisements pushing their propaganda at the New York Times, other major newspapers, that the family as we know it is a bad thing and must be ended. And the first step in that is getting women out of the household and teaching women that cooking dinner and taking care of your sons and daughters and husbands is a bad thing. And I was just sitting here tonight making dinner for my daughter, my four and a half year old daughter. My wife makes dinner a lot of times, but I like to make it as well. I love to make breakfast. And literally, it's the funnest thing on earth to make food for your family and be nurturative and then all sit down together and have that communal event. And that's what the system is attacking and bombarding, is our normal biological actions are coming together. They really are sick, evil, scientific cult of filth that want to domesticate us and turn us into lab rats. We cannot let this continue. Listening to the American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. Humanity has a real problem with the development of film and television to distinguish fiction from reality. People love horror and gore and, and, and torture and demon creatures eating little children. They, they, they think it's all entertaining and fun. But it hits your subconscious as if it's real. And then when the real thing happens, like wars and death and destruction and giant child trafficking rings and the prospect of nuclear war, people can't differentiate because they've been desensitized. So for everybody having fun out there with Halloween, I'm not judging you. But I'm just simply reminding you that the real horror we face is nuclear war with Russia and nuclear war in the Middle East with Israel going after its neighbors. Turkey is now saying they may invade Israel for the first time in Israel's 70-something year history. This is truly horrifying. We need to say no to war on both sides. 
We need to let the bankers and BlackRock and Larry Fink know, hell no to your damn wars. F*** you. We do not want to see our planet destroyed. That's the true horror, ladies and gentlemen, and that's what we're facing. And these same psychotic big brokerage firms and, and big pharma have now been proven frauds when it came to the shot, frauds when it came to the origin of COVID and everything else. They are the true monsters that are mercilessly destroying and endangering our civilization because they, more than anybody, are disconnected from their humanity. The political leaders around the world, by and large, are psychotic sociopaths working in concert to enslave and engage in predator activities against humanity. So I wanna just put that message out there as Halloween comes up, that the true horror of mass death and destruction is intensifying around the world and humanity is in the crosshairs. We need to differentiate fiction from reality and say no to the real horrors that are happening in front of us right now. Mike Pence suspends his 2024 presidential bid. He made some statements the other day regarding this. Let's go ahead and run clip 18 and hear directly from Pence about his suspension. I just couldn't sit this one out. But the Bible tells us that there's a time for every purpose under heaven. And traveling across the country over the past six months, I came here to say it's become clear to me, this is not my time. So after much prayer and deliberation, I have decided to suspend my campaign for president effective today. Now, I'm leaving this campaign, but let me promise you, I will never leave the fight for conservative values, and I will never stop fighting to elect principled Republican leaders to every office in the land. So help me, God. Pence's announcement of his resignation from the race, Trump did respond. Let's take a look at clip number 22. A lot of everybody that leaves seems to be endorsing me. You know, people are leaving now and they're all endorsing me. I don't know about Mike Pence. He should endorse me. He should endorse me. You know why? Because because I had a great successful presidency and he was the vice president he should endorse me uh i chose him made him vice president but people people in politics can be very disloyal i've never meanwhile republicans questioned the biden official on disinformation group that blacklisted conservative news outlets i don't know if you all recall but very soon after biden came into office there was talk of a new department a new group of people within the Biden administration that were going to focus on censorship. It was called something related to fighting or claimed that this organization was going to fight misinformation and disinformation. Of course, it was criticized for being a censorship department. 
And they quickly walked that back, at least in name, but it seems that in action they still wage a war on freedom of speech in any way they possibly can. A senior Biden administration representative was recently questioned in a congressional hearing by the Republican members over allegations about the federal government funding an organization that allegedly deprives conservative media platforms of advertising revenue under the guise of purging disinformation. The organization called the Global Disinformation Index, GDI, is a UK-based think tank that flags suspected sources of disinformation, compelling advertisers to blacklist these sources, thereby threatening their financial sustainability. The questioning unfolded in the backdrop of a hearing held by the House Foreign Affairs Committee led by the GOP. They contend that the government-funded Global Engagement Center, GEC, of the State Department handed over a grant of $100,000 to the GDI in 2021. The GDI has become a point of contention for congressional members due to its censorship measures. The organization has flagged several media outlets, including the New York Post, as disseminators of disinformation. We know that the government is doing everything it possibly can in order to censor the truth. It claims to love the truth so much that it uses this moral value as an excuse for expanding the powers of the government in the way of censorship. For expanding the government's ability to silence individual Americans and media outlets alike, we've seen this at InfoWars more than perhaps any other outlet in the world in terms of censorship, save perhaps something that might happen on behalf of the Kremlin or in a radical Islamic regime where the state comes in and simply takes over all of the media outlets. I actually know a man from Turkey who was the editor-in-chief of a major media outlet. And after the Arab Spring, his outlet was taken over by the state and he was immediately fired. So this is what the government does when it doesn't quite have the power or the authority to come in and just simply sweep out political dissonance or disinformation or inconvenient truth. It does it covertly. So when the government can't shut down the likes of InfoWars or the New York Post explicitly, they will come out and engage in lawfare and sue you or harass you or threaten you. Or they will send in their spooks, either from the CIA or the FBI, to have monthly or weekly meetings or develop relationships with censorship leaders within these big tech companies like Twitter or Facebook or Instagram or Google or YouTube. They come in and they infiltrate and they pressure these entities into being censored, all while the likes of Elizabeth Warren stand up during their campaigns and say and threaten that they'll break up these big tech companies. So you have the government coming in and threatening to break up these companies, and you have it coming in from another angle and pressuring it to engage in censorship. So these companies, which are not composed of the most robust conviction in terms of principle, they're not run by and operated by John Wayne, so to speak. We know the type of person running these companies, working at these companies. They are purple-haired freaks in San Francisco. They buckle down and they say, oh, we don't want to be broken up by, by the federal government, so we'll do whatever the FBI or the CIA says. We'll report on any direct messages. We'll, we'll share any information. We'll make sure that we censor and respond to censorship requests, even when it's explicitly requests of the taking down of accounts of individual people. And that's how they operate.
They can't come in and legally just say, hey, it's illegal for you to exist or you, it's illegal for you to post. So they have to pressure these entities on one hand openly in public by threatening to break them up. And then that gets them to respond positively to infiltration by the CIA and the FBI when they come in with censorship requests. And so we have the violation of the First Amendment our freedom of speech, our freedom of press, by proxy. We have the violation of this amendment by our government through a vehicle, a middleman, that is the intelligence community. It is basically the laundering of the violation of our rights. So they can say, oh, no, 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 we didn't violate your rights directly. (laughs) We did it through this vehicle, so technically the vehicle was the one doing it. It wasn't us. It's the same thing that we did with the dollar. The government can't print currency that isn't backed by precious metals, according to the Constitution. So we have to create a Federal Reserve Bank, which is a private bank, so that it can print the fiat currency, which is totally antagonistic, antithetical to what our founding fathers intended for this country. Stick with us. We'll be back right after this break. I will be taking your calls later on in the show today, but more news to cover in the next hour. In the meantime, make sure you visit InfoWarsStore.com and be the reason that we are still on the air. We have amazing sales underway right now. We're trying to get rid of all of our products. We want to just sell it out as we await some of our best products coming back in stock. Remember, your purchase of these products is a 360 win because you get super high quality items and you help launch the InfoWar to the next level. Make sure you visit InfoWarsStore.com and get up to 60% off off these top selling the most powerful InfoWars life formula yet. DNA Force Plus is now back in stock for 25% off while supplies last. This elite formula contains the most cutting-edge enzymes, potent antioxidants, and traditional naturally occurring ingredients to protect the vitality of your very DNA. The powerhouse ingredients in DNA Force Plus include PQQ, CoQ10, organic reishi mushroom, astrologus root, rhodiola root, and an array of even more incredible antioxidants and extracts carefully chosen to help support healthy heart function while promoting energy production down to the cellular level. Provide your cells and DNA with the protection they need and try a bottle of DNA Force Plus today for 25% off or for an additional 10% off, grab the combo pack with DNA Force Plus and Body's Whole Support. These offers and so much more are only available at InfoWarsStore.com. You're tuned in to The American Journal with your host, Chase Geyser. Watch it live right now at band.video. Who in God's name needs a weapon with a hundred rounds in a chamber? The day before the Lewiston, Maine massacre, Mother Jones ran a story on banning AR-15s. Within hours after the massacre involving an AR-15, Kamala Harris wanted our guns. Once again, routine gatherings, this time at a bowling alley and a restaurant, have been turned into scenes of horrific carnage. And let us be clear, it does not have to be this way as our friends in Australia have demonstrated. 
The Australian example reveals that after the horrific Port Arthur shooting that killed 35 people, the Australians confiscated firearms. The propaganda would tell you that no mass shootings have occurred since. However, 24 mass shootings have occurred in Australia since 1996. Take away the guns because less guns will equal uh, less mass shooting. Well, that's a problem because as we've seen in Australia, Guy, throw that article up from the Australia Institute, Australia, colon, more guns now than before Port Arthur. New research from the Institute finds that there are more guns in Australia now than there were before the Port Arthur massacre and introduction of strict gun controls. So just to be clear, if your article is that, well, there are less mass shootings now because we took the guns, then your argument is actually the opposite because you're arguing that more guns equal less mass shooting. How are they arguing that? Because there's more guns. Reminder, the Second Amendment isn't about weapon type or caliber or hunting. It is about protecting American citizens from a tyrannical government and at the very least protecting themselves from a mass shooter released by our government. Nerves are rattled right now. Keeping an eye on the woods. Because I know those woods down there, they go run right back here. I got my daughter inside. Um, your daughter? How old is your daughter? She's 10 years old. Has there ever been a more poignant time for the Second Amendment than right now? In an internal memo obtained by Newsmax, the San Diego Field Office of Customs and Border Protection writes, quote, San Diego Field Office Intelligent Unit assesses that individuals inspired by or reacting to the current Israel-Hamas conflict may attempt travel to or from the area of hostilities in the Middle East via circuitous transit across the southwest border. The memo continues, foreign fighters motivated by ideology or mercenary soldiers of fortune may attempt to obfuscate escape travel to or from the U.S. or to or from countries in the Middle East through Mexico. The memo comes as this weekend, Customs and Border Protection released its final figures for fiscal year 2023, showing 172 suspected terrorists. That's the highest number ever. In this heightened environment, there's no question we're seeing an increase in reported threats, and we've got to be on the lookout, especially for loan actors who may take inspiration from recent events to commit violence of their own. But the O'Biden installation presses on. As Reuters reported, the U.S. has stopped issuing export licenses for most civilian firearms and ammunition for 90 days for all non-governmental users, citing national security and foreign policy interests and that the risk of firearms being diverted to entities or activities that promote regional instability, violate human rights, or fuel criminal activities. Exporters can continue to submit license requests during the pause, but they will be held without action until that pause is lifted. The Commerce Department declined to comment beyond the posting on its website. Sure, not exporting guns and ammunition to our enemies makes sense, but there are more layers to this. The edict creates a chilling effect on American gun shops as their primary source of revenue is exports. A loophole ultimately designed to put scores of small business gun owners out of business, sending a rippling effect caused by shortages among supporters of the Second Amendment and those simply utilizing their God-given right to self-defense. John Bowne, reporting.
The American Journal with Chase Geyser, your compass to the nation's crossroads on InfoWars. Welcome back to the American Journal, folks. I'm Chase Geyser, hosting today. Rockets were fired from Lebanon at north. IDF strikes terror cells, Hezbollah sites. The IDF says it bombed terror groups' positions in southern Lebanon in response to attacks. Israel also said to hit Syrian military pro-Iran militia targets in response to the shelling. This just isn't more reporting from how this conflict has expanded beyond simply Gaza and Israel. I think I mistakenly stated in the last segment of the segment before that it was Jordan that was being bombed when it was Lebanon. So I just want to make that correction here. Hamas blocks foreign nationals from leaving Gaza. Hamas is blocking foreign nationals, including Britons from leaving Gaza. The United States said on Sunday as Israel sent more troops into the Strip to join a ground offensive. Britain was on Sunday working to rescue trapped citizens as civil disorder and looting broke out at U.N. aid warehouses in besieged Gaza. American officials said that Israel and Egypt were prepared to let foreigners leave the Strip, which is under heavy Israeli bombardment, but Hamas had refused. So here we are in the situation in which Israel is saying the only reason it's killing innocent people is because Hamas won't let them leave, and Hamas is just simply saying that Israel is killing innocent people. And it's hard to know who's actually most culpable because both are culpable to some extent. When you level an entire region and innocent people die, you're responsible for it, regardless of whether those people are trapped there by you and my opinion. But that doesn't mitigate or limit the level of terror or the level of terrorist that Hamas is. Obviously, Hamas is an evil organization. It should be classified as a terrorist organization, and I would be pleased to see the existence of Hamas wiped off the face of the earth, but I wouldn't be willing to do that at the expense of innocent life. Meanwhile, wars are pushing up demand for weapons, sparking fears of shortages. We just covered in the last segment or a segment before that how many billions of dollars are spent each year on munitions and weapons, how many billions of dollars are made each year by the military-industrial complex in this nation, not just in China or Britain or our ally nations, but in the United States specifically. We see billions upon billions of dollars are spent, and now the demand for these weapons is so high that there are fears of shortages because this is what happens when America has no president of the United States. This is what happens when the United States has no leader. It is run then by administration or then by committee. And what committees do is wage war because groups of people have no conscience. Only individuals have a conscience. And so we see what's best for these groups, what's best for these businesses, for these departments, for these organizations, manifest in a way that no individual actually feels accountable for or culpable for. And so we have this burgeoning desire, this burgeoning push for World War III to such an extent that there is a demand for weapons now higher than the market can supply. And it's because we are a rudderless ship. I don't think that Joe Biden is worse than the past 10 presidents or the worst 10 presidents combined, like Trump said. I think he's worse than the worst of all the presidents combined. I can think of no one less suited to be president of the United States than Joe Biden. Frankly, I think he's perhaps the most evil person that's ever lived, aside from the likes of Stalin, Mao, or Hitler himself. 
I don't think this guy has a desire to intentionally kill people like those leaders did. But I don't think he cares at all if it happens. This is somebody who I hope hell exists just so I can sleep at night knowing that he will burn in it forever. He is the epitome of evil. When I look at his dying, decrepit body, I see his soul manifest on his face. It is this weasel of a soul. It is like the soul of Voldemort in Harry Potter when Harry dies and he sees this fetal-looking demon. That is what I perceive to be Joe Biden's soul. It's absolutely disgusting. Northern and Western Europe are drifting towards civil war, Hungarian historian warns. Western Europe is drifting towards a civil war of its own making as support of mass migration by liberal governments continues to fuel anti-Semitism. Hungarian historian Laszlo Bernat Vesprimi has claimed. Speaking to the index news outlet, Vesprimi warned that although Muslim anti-Semitism and left-wing violence are also present in Europe, the rising migrant numbers are also stoking right-wing radicals. Obviously, this is a quote, Muslim anti-Semitism is dangerous and there is also far-left violence, but the last thing I want to do is belittle the danger of the truly extreme right, that is to say the neo-Nazi danger, the historian said. And neo-Nazism is something that does exist in several European regions. It doesn't just go away because the United States decided to drop some leaflets from 1945 to 1950. Nazism didn't just disappear, it went into the closet. A lot of these sentiments still harbored by civilians in places like Ukraine. We know, and we've covered extensively on this show, on War Room, that there are Nazi cemeteries in Pennsylvania, outside of Philadelphia and Elkins Park. We see that there is an iron cross with the Ukrainian trident-looking symbol in the center, dedicated to Ukrainians who volunteered to fight for the SS during World War II. Over 250,000 Ukrainians volunteered to fight for the Nazi regime in Ukraine during World War II. Nazism still exists in Europe. True Nazism, not skinhead American history X, stupid Nazism that's just about being cool and looking tough, but actual Nazism where these people believe in nationalism to such an extent that they believe that every single Jewish person should be eradicated from the face of the planet it still exists and it's being stoked because when you suffer upon a people a foreign invasion they will despise both you and the foreign invader to an irrational degree the ails that we feel from the injustices wrought upon us by the political class are met with adversity to such an extent that's not even justified it goes beyond the justified response to a total response of complete subjugation of our enemies and what i mean to say is when an injustice like what happened to israel on october 7th happens we see an overwhelming response of just the eradication of everybody in the opposing area and we're going to see the same thing in this country that we saw in germany during the 20s and 30s where an injustice happened and the response to it is a radical overcompensation for that injustice to ensure that it never happens again and creates an even greater evil that is actually my greatest concern for us Not so much that we will fail and that we will die and that we will lose because of the extent of the corruption in this country, but that we will finally respond to the corruption in this country, but we will respond to such a great extent that we perpetuate an even greater evil upon the earth. 
There's no doubt in my mind that Americans, that patriotis, patriots, that patriotism, that nationals, that populists will win in this country. There's no doubt in my mind that we will take this country back, whether it's called the United States in name or whether the United States falls and the people who remain create something new with a new sense of patriotism. We will win. The question I have in my mind is when we win, will we be good about it or will we be evil about it? Will we actually give a fair trial to those who we charge with crimes of treason, crimes against humanity, the crimes they certainly have committed, or will we simply put them up against the wall in mass and kill innocent people in mass associated with them? Will we have the character and the integrity and the conviction to bestow upon them a truly American justice, not one that is Nazi-esque? Will we maintain our composure in the high-speed chase? That will be our race for justice for all the ills that we have faced. And what we have experienced thus far is nothing compared to what we will experience before this true justice is brought upon the enemies of America. We will suffer to much greater an extent than we are suffering now before enough people wake up for us to take this country back. And we have to make sure that when we do take it back, we keep our heads and we keep our hearts and we keep our consciences intact. Make sure you visit InfoWarsStore.com and be the reason that we're still on the air. Take advantage of our 60% off top-selling products deals going on right now. We're excited to announce that some of our top-selling products are on sale for this massive discount, including BrainForce Ultra and others. Visit InfoWarsStore.com and stick with us, folks. We'll be back right after this break. satanic new world order is betting against humanity they're betting on our weakness they believe they can destabilize civilization and bring us down into the ashes of history but the trap they've laid for us will be their destruction not ours if we trust in god and if we are valiant and have courage to speak the truth and not comply and engage in civil disobedience and not join the masses who have decided that they are the scum of the earth, who have decided that they will join with this soulless corporate system. As for InfoWars, we are going to steadfastly continue to fight in the information war with our weapon, the truth, against the enemies of humanity. And we put our faith, and we put our trust, we put our destiny in the hands of God. Because it's been said a trillion times, if God be with us, who can be against us? I have been in a 28-year marathon battle with a globalist. I have come from nowhere to the very heights of politics, not just in America, but in the world. We are engaging the globalist at point-blank range in the information war. But I don't deserve the credit. Yes, I've persevered, but the listeners and viewers who support InfoWars are the real reason we've had the success. We're having now the greatest victories in the fight against the new world order we've ever had. We are now entering the final mile of the marathon. And that's why today it's more important than ever to realize how important you've been in this fight and to continue in the efforts you've been carrying out and to intensify them. God bless you all. I salute you. I thank you. And I beg you to intensify what you're doing now because we are over the target and history is happening. The fight is my fight. It's your fight. It's our fight. God bless you all. 
You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. Welcome back to The American Journal, folks. I'm Chase Geyser. Recent report by the Daily Wire, a Soros-funded PAC labels a black Republican and Uncle Tom in campaign ad, quote, skinfolk ain't kinfolk. Hard to believe, but not hard to believe at the same time. A liberal super PAC that counts billionaire George Soros as a major donor is running racially charged ads in Kentucky against Republican Daniel Cameron, who says his Democrat opponent should condemn the racist and hateful attacks being aired ahead of next month's election. Let's go ahead and run this ad and then talk about it. What's up, Kentucky? It's election time, and all skin folks ain't kin folks. Over the past few years, we've taken to the streets to demand racial justice, to demand health care, and the right to make decisions about our bodies. And now Uncle Daniel Cameron is threatening to take us backwards. The same man who refused to seek justice for Breonna Taylor now wants to run our whole state. We can't let that happen. We won't let that happen. On November 7th, vote Andy Brashear for governor. Paid for by Black Voters Matter Action Pack, which is responsible for the content of the... Wow. The ad from Black Voters Matter Action Pack, an electioneering group that spends millions in support of Democratic candidates, is up with an ad that refers to Cameron as Uncle Daniel Cameron, which, of course, is an allusion to Uncle Tom. and uses the saying, skin folk ain't kinfolk, a refrain used by black liberals to suggest that anyone who disagrees with them politically is a race traitor. And... That's just not an exaggeration. That's like one of the most racist ads I think I've ever heard in my entire life. I, if you look at racist advertising, maybe in the 50s or the 60s, you can see things like that. But now our politics has just totally inverted racism for a leftist sort of agenda. It just blows my mind. It boggles my mind that a population which should be so sensitive to that sort of disgusting rhetoric is just taking it all in no problem well it's because the deep state one deep state wants to brainwash us we saw the same thing happen during the whole george floyd fiasco and a new court doc has revealed that extreme public pressure on prosecutors was in place for the george floyd case according to the deposition of a former hennepin county prosecutor County's medical examiner told her in a phone call that there were no medical indications of asphyxia or strangulation. More evidence seems to be coming out every day that this death was, in fact, an overdose on fentanyl. It doesn't make Chauvin necessarily a good person, but it does make him not a murderer. I would have certainly liked to have seen him call in aid or support for George Floyd instead of sitting on him for nine minutes, but it doesn't seem that he was killed by the knee. New court documents expose the extreme pressure prosecutors face in Hennepin County to charge Derek Chauvin and three other former Minneapolis police officers in the death of George Floyd. Several attorneys opposed charging the other three officers and withdrew from the case due to the professional and ethical rules. Now, hundreds of pages of sworn testimony of Hennepin County attorneys and other county employees that took place this summer have been made public. The depositions were conducted in relation to a lawsuit filed by Amy Sweezy, who was one of the office's top prosecutors against former county attorney Mike Freeman. Sweezy is suing after settling a claim with the Minnesota Department of Human Rights, alleging that Freeman engaged in sex discrimination and retaliation in the office 
Hennepin County agreed to pay $190,000 to settle the Department of Human Rights claim. Freeman left office in January and Sweezy resigned from the current county attorney's office in April. According to the new documents, senior assistant county attorney Patrick Lofton, who worked on police use of force cases with Sweezy, said the relationship between Sweezy and Freeman soured after Lofton and Sweezy withdrew from the officer's cases formally on June 3rd of 2020. Lofton explained the pressure they were under to file the charges. So more and more evidence coming out that it was a fentanyl overdose and not a murder on a cop murdering George Floyd. Certainly there was never any evidence to suggest that it was actually racially motivated, which was what the protests were all about. I didn't see anything in the conflict between Chauvin and George Floyd that pleased me, but I didn't see anything that ensured that it was a racially motivated behavior. You didn't see Chauvin using any slurs or saying any derogatory remarks to George Floyd. It was just claimed that it was a hate crime, that it was racist, simply because Derek Chauvin was white. So just assuming that he's racist because he's white is actually what was racist about that to me, rather than... The incident itself, and don't get me wrong, I think anybody, any human being watching that video will have an emotional response to what's going on. I was not pleased to see how Chauvin was handling that. I know he was following procedure. I know that George Floyd actually died of a fentanyl overdose. But to know as you watch that that man is going to die and he's just sort of forced to lay on the ground and wait to die makes it disturbing to watch. There's just no doubt about it. And so I don't think George Floyd was a good man. I think he was a bad man. I think he was a criminal. And I think he overdosed on fentanyl, and he wouldn't have died if it wasn't for his own illegal activity that day. 100%. But I don't think Chauvin is a hero by any means either. I don't think he's necessarily a good cop. I just think he was being cold. He probably didn't believe that George Floyd was actually overdosing. He probably just thought this guy's lying. He probably stereotyped or was prejudiced about him and just doubted everything that he said. Because after all, the guy was famously a liar. When you're getting busted for counterfeit money, it's easy to think you can't trust what this person says. But it did make me uncomfortable to watch. It was very, very sad to watch that. Didn't justify the rating of all the targets across America or all the Nike stores across America, though. I don't know what they had to do with this very unfortunate, tragic incident. And it certainly was the case that George Floyd's death was exploited by the left for political gain, for things like rioting and looting. And frankly, one of my criticisms of Trump is he kind of let it roll because he wanted to show the world what it looked like when leftist cities were allowed to operate as leftists would have them operate. He wanted the world to see what it was like if the Democrats were in charge. And he showed the world, but I wish in retrospect that he would have brought in the National Guard and put a stop to it. Because after all, we shouldn't be letting our cities burn, our businesses be raided, our churches burn, innocent people walk, walking down the street getting pummeled by thugs, regardless of their race, they are thugs. I mean, just a couple of weeks ago, we had that story of that young man after the wedding gets stabbed multiple times while his girlfriend watched. Of course, she's probably quite pleased given how much money she has raised for grieving. It's all just sick to me, folks. And we see this third world crap happening here. This third world CBS displays framed pictures of toilet paper 
Customers must ask staff for it. Pictures have emerged from a CVS store in Washington, D.C., where framed pictures of toilet paper are displayed instead of the real product in an effort to stop people from stealing it. This is how desperate and entitled and sick people are. They're stealing toilet paper from CVS to the point where they have to put a picture up of it. Frankly, I'd like to buy one of these pictures just as a token of memory about this time that we're going through. I hope that we can come out of this, folks. I don't know how we're going to do it, but all I can say is have have kids, get married, stay married, and raise them right. Because if we don't allow our way to prosper and flourish and multiply, then the evil in this world will outpace us and goodness will become a dimmer and dimmer light in every generation. Stick with us, folks, in the next segment. Why do you think the globalists are desperately trying to censor everybody? Why are they attacking myself and Donald Trump and Elon Musk and everybody else? Because they can't get through this giant megalomaniacal power grab if we're here exposing them. But we're not just exposing their operation. In my new book, we give you the solutions to build a new, better world, an alternative to Klaus Schwab's You Will Eat the Bugs. This is the Great Awakening. The plan to defeat the globalist and launch the second great renaissance. It's a companion to my last book that was a number one worldwide bestseller. And this book is even thicker and even more powerful. Get your copy of The Great Awakening today at InfoWarsStore.com. Either signed as a fundraiser, and I thank you for the support, or unsigned. But whatever you do, take action now. We're fighting for you, but we can't keep on if you don't support us. So please, get the historic book now. Go now to InfoWarsStore.com and get The Great Awakening. The Great Awakening at InfoWarsStore. InfoWars.com is tomorrow's news today. You're watching The American Journal with your host, Chase Geyser. Watch live right now at band.video. Welcome back to The American Journal, folks. I am Chase Geyser. Documenting the world falling apart. Like I said, we don't have to worry about how the world falls apart. We just have to worry about how we put it back together at this point, it seems. Biden drops the Remain in Texas plans after local Democrats complained. President Joe Biden has been forced to abandon a plan to save Democrat-run cities in states like New York and Illinois and the consequences of their sanctuary policies by requiring migrants to remain in Texas after crossing the border. Conservative leaders in southern border states who never supported Democrats' permissive mass migration policies, have lately begun taking the leaders of more northerly sanctuary cities at their word, with Texas alone busing over 50,000 migrants to leftist jurisdictions. Pro-sanctuary politicians have proven less blasé about the border crisis. Now it is on their doorstep, and they have been pleading with Biden and the federal government to rescue them from the consequences of their policies, resulting in a plan being drawn up to require many migrants to remain in Texas near El Paso while their asylum claims are processed. I would like to see something from the likes of Governor Abbott that allows Texans to take matters into their own hands. I would like to see Texans empowered to volunteer to defend the border themselves against 
military-aged men crossing the border indiscriminately, if ICE is not empowered to protect our border, if ICE is going to cut the barbed wire and allow military-aged men to come in by the thousands, by the tens of thousands, by the hundreds of thousands, and by the millions into this country, then perhaps it's time for Texans to take matters into their own hands and protect the border. After all, in Texas, I believe if you see someone breaking into your neighbor's house, you are empowered legally to do something about it. Why is it that you can protect your neighbor's property, but you can't protect the state from a foreign invasion? One would think that a foreign invasion would be a justification for the use of force more than simple petty theft. But not in this state because the federal government has federalized much of the borderland. And now they are intentionally bringing people into this country not only to manipulate our votes or try to change the demographic of key states like Texas, which are absolutely needed in the Electoral College for Republicans to win, but so that they can then draft our military-aged men to fight in World War III. And while they're gone, we have millions upon millions of military-aged men in this country who aren't even Americans, who act as sleeper cells, and once activated, can then take this country and wreak havoc for themselves. So we are constantly being neutered and humiliated and abused into not being able to defend ourselves while military-aged men are imported into this country. This is replacement migration. I know they say that's a, that's, that's a racist policy or, or a racist ideology that replacement migration exists. That's a racist. That's racist. The ADL is going to write articles about it. Southern Poverty Law Center is going to write articles about how racist the notion of replacement migration is. But what is it? If not replacement migration, when an entire population is incentivized not to have children, namely traditional Caucasian Americans, and foreigners are just indiscriminately imported into this country, many of them actually terrorists, tens of thousands, over 70,000 of them have been identified as aliens of interest because they come from terrorist-ridden areas. And we're setting the stage for a draft for World War III which is being started on totally unnecessary terms. But it's racist for me to say, hey, I'm kind of worried about this. Like, I have, an, I have no problem with people of different cultures. I have no problem with people of different races coming to this country. No problem at all. I just want to see assimilation. I want you to come to America if you actually want to be American. I don't want you to come to America if you want to be a Palestinian in America. If you want to be a Palestinian in America, then just come here on vacation for a couple of weeks and then go back. But if you want to stay here and live here, then become an American. Assimilate. Understand our laws. Understand our culture. Understand our values. Believe in things like the American dream and starting a small business and transitioning from lower class to upper class. Believe that anything is possible. Believe and respect the freedoms that we have. Don't... This is the greatest country on earth, still, barely, but still. For a long time, it was very obviously the greatest country on earth. It was the source of admiration from people worldwide. They dreamed, they rumored that our streets were paved in gold because it was this beacon of light and hope. And now they've come, instead of embracing that light, they have done everything they can to dim it. Now we are more vulnerable than ever, and we have a ship sailing straight into the ice without a captain. 
So I don't know what <laughs> I don't know what the answer is to this, folks. I, I could tell you the policies we should have, but it's not about having the right person in office anymore because the system is such that even if we had the right person in office, we wouldn't be able to correct it because the system itself catalyzes the corruption. Anyone who studied Rome knows that after Rome became a dictatorship, after we had this transition from a Senate to a Caesar or to an empire, there were periods like Pax Romana and others, there were periods where Rome did well. Marcus Aurelius was famous for being the last good emperor of Rome. But it was inevitable that Rome would collapse or at least have to pivot and totally transform into a church. It was inevitable that it would collapse as an empire because the system was broken. No matter how many good Caesars you had, there was inevitably going to be a bad one or a corrupt one. And the healing or the good that any good leader did in that nation was totally reversed tenfold by the bad leaders that would eventually come in. So if we have a good president like Trump, he does a bunch of great things for three years, has a hell of a time the fourth year because of the pandemic, and then you have a Biden come in and totally ruin everything good that Trump did with the flick of a pen. Everything good that Trump accomplished was totally reversed and worse by the Biden administration, and that's a problem. It's a problem in America when the West Wing, when the White House, when the executive branch is so powerful that it matters this much who president is. We were supposed to have a system where even if we had a terrible president, the country still did okay because the president wasn't supposed to be all that powerful. But now we are gnashing at the teeth. We are biting each other, tearing each other apart, fighting like hell over who the president is going to be because we've empowered the office too much. So it doesn't matter who's in office until we fix the system because even if we have three good presidents in a row, one bad one can screw the whole, whole thing up, all the progress up. Because the executive branch is just too powerful. So I don't, I don't know what the solution is. Unless we have some sort of miracle in Congress where we correct and fix these issues. Unless we have some sort of massive consensus in this country that can come in and tweak the system back in tune. So that even if we have a moron in office, which is about a 50-50 shot these days. We still have a country at the end of the day because right now it's looking like one more term of a president like this and we're never coming back. It's looking pretty bleak for the United States of America when we have to depend on who gets elected by a mob to, de to determine the fate of this country. There was a time when our country had moral character, when our people had values, when they didn't scare so easy when they didn't fall for it, when we had journalists who actually endeavored to tell the truth, there was a time when most major media outlets did the best they could. I know they were always influenced by the deep state, but there was a time when people sought the truth and people sought to tell the truth and people had the balls to live according to the truth in this country. And that isn't it anymore. So we're never going to elect a hero in this country again until we heal the ills of our culture. And we can't heal the ills of our culture when we import enemies into it and subjugate and humiliate and persecute and prosecute anybody who opposes that subjugation. Stick with us, folks. We'll get into more in the next segment. In the meantime, visit InfoWarsStore.com and be the reason this network, this last beacon of light in America, is still on the air. Our world is so full of hype. 
We are force-fed dehumanizing propaganda by the corporate media, by the controlled churches and the universities. And why is this the case? Because we innately, by God, have been given the keys to our own minds, our own psyches, our own souls. And by connecting to God, we can empower ourselves and transcend the, quote, fallen or sinful state. So the chemicals that we ingest and, and all the things that we try to bring into our bodies to, to, to change who we are are only lowering us. They're only making us more depressed. In the end, they're only making us less fulfilled. It is only by going within and really making that connection to God that we can truly empower ourselves. That's why the globalists bombard us with toxins and chemicals to block us getting the normal vitamins and minerals and trace elements our bodies need to be healthy and to be able to basically reach out beyond the third dimension. And that's where the incredible products come in at InfoWarsStore.com. Where were you when humanity was fighting for its life? Where were you when the globalists were caught trafficking millions of children for sex slavery worldwide? Where were you when the New World Order was starting World War III with Russia? Well, I know where you are. You're watching and listening to InfoWars.com right now, and I salute you and thank you. And I want to encourage all of you who've been in this fight so long to realize we've reached the critical juncture in the battle now. And a key tool in that fight is the Great Awakening, defeating the globalists and launching the next great renaissance. This is my second book. Part two of the Great Reset and the War of the World. It's a longer book, a quite frankly more powerful book. And just like the last book went to number one, it is up to you to send to number one right now. This is a cultural fight against the globalists, and it funds the Info War. Get signed or unsigned copies of The Great Awakening right now at InfoWarsStore.com. I want to thank you all for your support, but this is a book everybody needs. Get your copy of The Great Awakening right now. You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. Welcome back to The American Journal, folks. I'm Chase Geyser, filling in for the great Harrison Smith. But don't worry, he is still with us. He will be hosting The War Room this afternoon. At 3 p.m. Central from 3 to 6. And, of course, we have the great Alex Jones on the air in about an hour. I will be taking calls over the course of the final hour today. Make sure you call in 877-789-2539. Again, that's 877-789-2539. These are open lines, so feel free to call and talk about anything you would like, whether it's something we've covered this morning or something else that's on your mind. Again, that's 877-789-2539. Now, we do have... This story of a Texas teen admitting to punching neighbors for likes on social media. Let's go straight into the clip 33 and then talk about it. We're learning more about one of those social media pranks that is hardly funny. A 19-year-old runs up on two unsuspecting people and sucker punches them in the back of the head. Yeah, this happened in Cyprus and the video, of course, getting a lot of attention with hundreds of comments and reactions. Tonight, our Jason Miles found and talked to the young man behind the stunt. Jason, what was his response tonight? Well, he's regretful. Honestly, I didn't expect him to answer the door, much less come out and talk. But tonight he says he regrets the behavior so many are now condemning online. Not far from peaceful Wortham Park, where he's accused of randomly punching strangers. Do you regret it? Yes, yes, I do. 19-year-old Alfred Lewis spoke with me about how he feels about it now. You know, 
I just made a mistake and everybody makes mistakes. This is the video in question, first shared with KHOU 11 via the Nextdoor app. In it, you can clearly see Lewis striking a man in the head from behind before he turns around in shock. I know like from the video, all you see is like the bad part about it, but um, what people didn't see was that I shook his hand after and how I had gave the man a hug. That is something we cannot verify, nor can we confirm that another man seen in the video getting punched and grabbed later left on good terms, according to Lewis. I really didn't expect for it to just go so left, you know. I told Lewis that law enforcement is investigating the incident, something his mother and father were also aware of. And your mom's probably disappointed. Yeah, she is. Lewis said the harsh reaction to the video will make him rethink his behavior and hopefully be a lesson for others. Before you go out and you do anything that you feel is bad or that could look bad, make sure like people know or just don't do it at all. Probably good advice. And tonight, I'm told the Harris County Sheriff's Office Violent Crimes Division now taking the lead in this investigation, but they may need the cooperation of the complainants or the guys you saw in that video getting punched. Reporting live tonight, Jason Miles, KHOU 11 News. When I was a kid, we did bad stuff like smash mailboxes, but we never smashed the back of anyone's head. We would never just do indiscriminate violence. Maybe we would throw eggs at a house or do something vandal, vandalistic like that. And I'm not proud of it by any means. But that was the type of crime or the type of prank that we would do. It was stupid. It wasn't really that funny. We'd roll houses, throw eggs, maybe bash a mailbox. Something that kids have been doing for 50 years in this country. You can go back and watch Dazed and Confused and they do the same thing. That was the kind of stuff that we did. We never ran up and bashed random people in the middle of the day on runs in the back of the head. I don't know why anybody even thinks that's funny. It just goes to show how sort of sick our culture has become in terms of doing anything it can for likes or views on social media without any sense of morality. And while our culture weakens, we see that our dollar weakens. And it seems to me the two are correlated. The worse our economy performs, the worse our sort of culture becomes. The U.S. GDP hides weakness behind massive debt, according to recent reports here on Infowars.com. The United States is borrowing its way to disguise recession. The headline economic figures for the United States look robust. However, details show concerning weaknesses. Real GDP growth surged to 4.9% in the third quarter, above the consensus estimate of 4.5%. However, some analysts, including Bloomberg, expect up to 5% growth based on the now-cast estimates. The United States unemployment is also low at 3.8%, but real wage growth remains negative. According to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, between September of 2022 and the same month of 2023, the decrease in real average weekly earnings was 0.1%. This means that a tight labor market is not improving the real disposable income of workers. Additionally, the labor participation rate and employment to population ratio remains below pre-pandemic levels. Add rising taxes to inflation, eating away at wage growth. And you can see why things are more complicated than what the headlines suggest. This is so true. We so often look at metrics like unemployment and think of them as 
the tell-all or the end-all be-all of economic analysis. But the fact of the matter is that the unemployment metric is a depression-era metric, and it's irrelevant when you have tens of millions of people who have voluntarily left the labor force because they have either given up on looking for a job or they aren't qualified for any of the existing jobs or they are satisfied to live off of government aid or welfare or some sort of inheritance or dependence on their parents. Then you have a situation in which you can show low unemployment numbers but simultaneously have tens of millions of Americans out of work. And the fact of the matter is, I remember when America was a place where you could find one great job to pay all of your bills instead of three crappy ones to pay all of your bills. So Joe Biden can brag all day about how many people are working, but the fact of the matter is people are working multiple jobs because they're struggling in this country, because inflation is terrible, because bankruptcies are up 20% year over year. Because the housing market has been artificially inflated again and is about to collapse again and our dollar is about to collapse again and we're about ready to start World War III in order to protect the dollar again because after all, World War I and World War II were actually banking wars. It's not about Archduke Franz Ferdinand getting whacked. It's not about saving the the world from the Japanese empire. It was always about money. It was always about currency. And we benefited as a great nation from both of those wars. We benefited, namely, at the end of World War II because we were able to establish the dollar as the global reserve currency under the lie that we would maintain the integrity of the gold standard, a lie that we were called on after we spent all the money in Vietnam and countries began exchanging their dollars for gold until we ran out. And then, of course, we had to negotiate these trade deals with OPEC to ensure that the gold-backed dollar would become the petro-backed dollar, the petrodollar, and oil would be traded in exchange for dollars, creating an artificial backing, an artificial demand for the dollar, which has propped up the currency the last 50 years or so, but will inevitably collapse, if not by the yen becoming the new reserve or by green energy coming in and just totally replacing demand for oil altogether. It's probably part of the reason why they push green energy so much because they know that if the United States, if the world becomes more dependent on renewable energy and less dependent on fossil fuels, it'll create a a tremendous problem for our currency given that the strength of our currency as the global reserve currency is dependent on its association with oil. So it's only a matter of time, folks. Let's take some calls, 877-789-2539. Make sure you call in 877-789-2539. I want to hear from you today about everything going on. Let me know what you think there. And also, I want you to make sure you visit InfoWarsStore.com. Things are really tight. We're coming up on a really important season here at InfoWars. The winter season is often a good season for us, but we need to ramp up our sales as soon as possible to make sure that we can stay on air, to make sure that the war room is still a show for Owen's return. And right now we're offering up to 60% off top-selling products exclusively at InfoWars Store, including Brain Force Ultra at 60% off, Immune Support at 50% off, Organic Greens Fiber at 50% off, Vitamin D3 Gummies are 40% off, Down and Out Sleep Support is 40 off. Whole Food Multivitamin, 40% off, and Super Female Vitality, 40% off. 
Visit InfoWarsStore.com and get these best-selling items for up to 60% off before we run out of stock to avoid missing out on these massive savings. And remember, your purchase of these products is a 360 win. You get super high-quality items and you help launch the InfoWar to the next level. Be the reason that we are still on the air. Go to InfoWarsStore.com and invest in yourself. I know money is tight. It's tight for my family. It's tight for the crews. I know that it's tough out there to justify spending additional money or extra money on things that don't initially seem like something you need, but this is not an expense, folks. These products are an investment. They're an investment in yourself. And by taking care of your health and by focusing on your mental acuity, your mental agility, your cognitive function, you make yourself a more productive, efficient member of society. You set yourself up for greater success to help improve your current situation. So visit InfoWarsStore.com. Take care of yourself and keep us on the air. The satanic New World Order is betting against humanity. They're betting on our weakness. They believe they can destabilize civilization and bring us down into the ashes of history. But the trap they've laid for us will be their destruction, not ours. If we trust in God and if we are valiant, and have courage to speak the truth and not comply and engage in civil disobedience and not join the masses who have decided that they are the scum of the earth, who have decided that they will join with this soulless corporate system. As for InfoWars, we are going to steadfastly continue to fight in the information war with our weapon, the truth, against the enemies of humanity. And we put our faith and we put our trust we put our destiny in the hands of God. Because it's been said a trillion times, if God be with us, who can be against us?